Today we'll take a journey through the landscape of grief. Grief is not a one-size-fits-all experience. It wears various masks and takes on unique forms. From the tears that flow openly to the silent battles fought within, grief shows up in countless ways. We'll explore how to recognize these responses and learn how to tune into the subtle cues that reveal someone's grief. Discover the power of empathy and supportive presence. As we discuss being there for those in mourning, we'll learn how to gently guide and nurture your own grief with compassion, unearthing coping strategies that honor your unique healing process. Join us as we unveil the many faces of grief and learn how to navigate its complex emotions with deeper empathy and understanding. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of Fulfillment Therapy. I'm your host, Kendra Nielsen, and today we're examining a deeply human experience that touches us all at some point. Grief. Grief isn't a one-size-fits-all journey like I mentioned a second ago. It takes on different shapes and forms for each person. And to explore this topic today, I've gathered insights from renowned researcher Brene Brown, along with some other grief experts and spiritual leaders. So let's get started with this episode 42, Grief's Many Faces, Exploring Different Responses and Coping Strategies. As a counselor and coach, I hear a lot of stories, and I'm always interested in patterns, and for reasons I don't completely understand, People have patterns of heartache during or after the winter holidays, and then again usually in late August and early September. So this is not always, but this is something that I have noticed, and I've mentioned this already before. Well, recently I've had so many people talk to me about this this load that they're carrying, this burden, and often this is a silent burden. Grief most commonly involves the death of a loved one, but grief is what we feel when we lose someone or something that's important to us as well. It can happen when someone passes away or through a divorce or even a breakup, and even when we're dealing with illness or any sort of big loss that you have in your life. Grief doesn't just affect our emotions, but it can also impact our body and our mind. And the way that grief shows up is different for each person. Lately, I've been talking with clients and loved ones specifically about breakups, major health challenges, lost dreams and hopes, and death as well. 
So my sister came on for the last two episodes, and she mentioned that grief was something that we could all use more education on. And I've been thinking a lot about that, and it seems like right after that, it just really seemed to pop up everywhere. So I consider that somewhat of a sign that we need a little bit more focus on this, just like she had recommended in that last episode. Grief is a complex emotion that leaves us searching for answers and especially connection. I'm sure most of you know who Brene Brown is, but she said, grief seems to create losses within us that reach beyond our awareness. We have to mourn what we have lost to be with what we have. Isn't that interesting how she said that, that last part? We have to mourn what we have lost to be with what we have. I haven't heard it said in this way before, and doesn't that ring true? Grief isn't just about the loss itself, but also about navigating the transformation that it brings. When we shove our feelings down and we're not processing the grief, there are going to be repercussions, and unfortunately, it's often either our body or our loved ones that will feel those wounds first. I was talking with my sister about this the other day and and about how different family members have responded to grief in a variety of ways, even if it's a similar situation. For example, my sister and I, if I understand this correctly, I, I can speak for myself, I guess I should say, we traditionally shut down and isolate when the pain is really big and overwhelming. It's almost like we first lick our wounds in private until that pain is almost impossible to bear alone. So this is that deep grief and not just a hard day kind of grief. I wonder if you've experienced something like this before. And if not, you're lucky and you probably won't escape it in your life. But if you can't relate to that, then maybe you can relate to someone around you who is really experiencing grief deeply and you're not really sure how to respond to that. Well, we're going to explore that today in just a minute. So think about that time if you have experienced grief before, like how do you respond to it? Maybe you're the one who just cries and cries and cries, or maybe you're the kind of person that shoves it down very, very deeply and you get busy and you rarely share that sadness within you. Another quote by Brene Brown, she said, grief is the healing feeling that ultimately unites us in our shared humanity. Again, I just love that. And do we allow ourselves to have that shared humanity? Or do you distance yourself from others when you're grieving? There's such an opportunity here to connect and to get support if only we will allow it. And maybe you do need a moment or a little time to do that and try to find a way to get there because that is what often helps you make it through something so excruciating that you truly cannot do it alone. Grief is almost like this universal thread that binds us together as human beings. It's important to remember that everyone's grief is unique. There's a grief counselor named Dr. Alan Wolfelt, and he says this, Grief is as individual as a fingerprint or a snowflake. There are no two alike. Neither is it limited to only death. Grief can happen with any kind of loss and change. And that's what I mentioned earlier about how it really can be a variety of ways that you're grieving. 
Do you know someone that's just really struggling with a breakup or maybe it's even major life transitions and it's not at all what they expected and they are really having a hard time moving through that and navigating that. I have several quotes today because there's some really great ones that teach us more about grief and Brene Brown does talk about this in really beautiful ways so I'll share a few more quotes from her today but she says this empathy has no script there is no right way or wrong way to do it it's simply listening holding space withholding judgment emotionally connecting and communicating that incredibly healing message of you're not alone as i was doing this research this quote kept coming back to me over and over again and it feels like this is one of the more important ones at least for me maybe a different one stands out for you but i'm going to read that again and i really want that to sink in because i found this to be a challenge when I was going through schooling to be a counselor, and I'll share more about that in a minute. But empathy is hard for a lot of people, and you're not gonna get it right immediately. But I wanna share this again because this is really what it looks like, and there's some awesome videos. Actually, I'm gonna make a note of that. There's an empathy video that I'll put in the show notes by Brene Brown that explains it really well. So check that out. It's, it's beautiful, and it really says it well. But here's that quote again. Empathy has no script. There is no right way or wrong way to do it. It's simply listening, holding space, withholding judgment, emotionally connecting, and communicating that incredibly healing message, you're not alone. Every time I read that, I just... I feel this emotion well up in me of those times when I've been sitting in that darkness feeling so lost and alone and weak and afraid. And if there is any way that you can help someone else understand that healing message, you're not alone, that is what is going to soften hearts and create that needed connection. Please don't be afraid of it. Do what you can to provide that to someone who's in need, because you might be one of the very few voices that gives them that instead of something trite, because most people don't really understand what empathy looks like. So again, this is really about holding space for the other person. The biggest mistake I see in therapy is when others try to talk to fill the silence when someone is crying or distressed or any type of processing that they're doing. It's important to allow the other person to process their pain without talking too much. That's a big, big problem I see. Or really try to not be awkward with eye contact. Like maybe you're avoiding eye eye contact too much or maybe you're avoiding touch or just avoiding them in general. It's okay if you're not great at this. Just try to slow your breathing and allow the other person to feel. This is not about you, it's about them. And remember that if you are struggling with this, if you're struggling to allow them the space to express their feelings, that says a lot more about you and your pain than it does about theirs. And they need your support right now. 
this doesn't need to be about your awkwardness, if that makes sense. So I want to go back to talking about my master's degree. Well, during my master's degree, we'd watch classmates counsel clients and then we'd give them feedback. Filling the silence was a problem for many of my peers, as well as taking clients out of processing. So what I mean by processing is when they're really feeling their feelings and opening up or that open art process when they're not shut down, that's that processing. You can take people out of processing by asking too many questions and that causes them to use their thinking brain instead of their feeling brain. Now, if you grew up in a place where feelings weren't tolerated or even discussed, it may be hard for you to allow others to discuss or share their feelings with you and it won't be a safe place for them to do so. If this is hard for you, I'm not saying this so you overthink it or you shame yourself. I'm just encouraging you to practice allowing others to share their feelings. And if it's a struggle for you, just take a few deep breaths, calm down your response, relax your shoulders, and practice that direct eye contact without being creepy. <laughs> it will take practice. Get the feedback of other people, like a loved one, and say, how, how am I doing with empathy? What do you think I could do to improve? We all need a little bit of feedback, and we can all improve a little more. Recently, I went to a funeral of a 14-year-old friend. We're close to the family, and I found even myself struggling to know how to respond to one of them because their personality type is very different, and they're more distant even when they're not grieving. And I found myself feeling very clumsy in my response. And I'm a little embarrassed about that, but I try to remember that the important thing is that I tried. We're not going to get it right each time, and that is okay. I do want to mention one other thing, especially concerning death, that's been brought to my attention that a few people have talked to me about. So there's often a lot of attention in the very beginning, like maybe a lot of food that's dropped off or a lot of drop-ins where they want to sit and chat, or maybe they're a little bit awkward about cracking jokes or giving advice or different things like that. Anything is better than nothing, but consider allowing these families some privacy at first. Maybe you could even write them an email and then future send it for 3 to 12 months later and letting them know how much you love and support them. This is really helpful because this would come at a time when a lot of that support has dried up. And if you future send it, it's not off of your radar. This is when many grieving people need that support even more. And food is also helpful, but maybe you can send a gift card instead. Sometimes you can ask them, but a lot of times they're not even in the mental space to really know what they need. So if you can ask somebody that's really close to them what they think they would need the most, that might be an even better route. Now, if you know you struggle with face-to-face -face interaction, then maybe you can send a heartfelt letter or even a video message and just let them know that you're thinking about them and they don't need to respond, but that you are praying for them and you love them and you are there in whatever way is needed. And don't just say you're going to pray for them, but actually do it. And I also want to talk about that active part that I just mentioned. I have also struggled with this, but sometimes uh, I say and others say, let me know if I can do anything. Instead, actively do something. 
like I mentioned just a minute ago, ask someone else that knows them well. Like, what do you think would be supportive and helpful? I know some people really appreciate babysitting. It's really hard to grieve when your kids are around and you're you're worried that that's going to really affect them negatively sometimes. Now, it that's not necessarily true. It's good for kids to see you grieve. And it's probably good for you both to get a little space from each other to really process things sometimes. But not everyone likes that. Sometimes they don't want to be alone. So it could look like something else. Like maybe you could tell them, why don't you, why don't you guys go out and while you're gone, we'll come in and we'll do a deep clean of your house or something like that. It really just depends on the individual. Everyone's different. And I mentioned this slightly before, but please don't give advice or encourage them to move on quickly or give them some quote about how Heavenly Father needs them more or something like that. Please don't do that. That sometimes closes hearts much more than anything else will. Just be that loving, calming presence. They don't need advice. They just need that empathy. It is really amazing what that loving, direct eye contact can do, especially if it's for more than a second or two, and then you don't awkwardly look away. But just being that calming, loving presence, almost like you'd picture the Savior doing. Just act as if, it sounds maybe a tall order, but act as if the Savior would in that moment. Just full of that unconditional love and tenderness because they need so much tenderness and depending on the person if they're ready and receptive a hug or even an arm squeeze can really be healing as well empathy becomes the bridge that connects us with others in their moments of pain and that connection is really vital in navigating their grief there's another grief educator and expert named dr joanne kakatori and she says this The reality is that you will grieve forever. You will not get over the loss of a loved one. You will not learn to live with it. You will heal and you will rebuild yourself around the loss you have suffered. I really appreciate how she says this because you kind of get that advice a lot. Like you're going to get over this, you'll move on, you'll live with it. And that's not true. My dad died when I was pretty young actually and I still feel so much loss for that almost more than the loss that I've experienced later in my life because I was so young and it did create such a void that I didn't know how to respond to as a young child everyone's situations are different but they will not get over it she also said grief is not a disorder a disease or a sign of weakness. It's an emotional, physical, and spiritual necessity. That just rings true. It is not a sign of weakness or a disorder or a disease. It is simply an emotional, physical, and spiritual necessity. And when we try to take people away from that, whether we're verbally or unconsciously sending this message to like shut that down, keep that quiet, We're sending this message that they can't do something that is necessary for their health. So she really highlighted the importance of embracing grief as this natural part of the healing process and not something that we can rush through, 
but instead something to allow ourselves to feel and really integrate into our lives. And now I want to share a few spiritual quotes that really help me and whatever your beliefs might be, I feel like these are very comforting. President Gordon B. Hinckley says this, The Lord compensates the faithful for every loss. That which is taken away from those who love the Lord will be added unto them in his own way. While it may not come at the time we desire, the faithful will know that every tear today will eventually be returned a hundredfold with tears of rejoicing and gratitude. The pain that we experience in this life does matter, and it is significant, but I really believe that if we could see the big eternal picture, I feel like we'd weep in gratitude for what we've been given and for the extraordinary beauty ahead compared with these very short-term wounds that we're experiencing in this life. Now, I'm not trying to minimize the pain that we experience or we have experienced, and when we have an eternal perspective, we can recognize that our earthly experience is very limited and there is so much beauty ahead, even if it's hard for us to believe that right now. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland said, When we weep for those we love, we temporarily honor the pain they knew in life, but we also honor the place they will always hold in our hearts. When we remember, we always honor their presence in both our life and the world. There's not shame in weeping for those that we have lost. There really is not. It is a way to honor them. I really find it interesting to see the different ways that different cultures grieve. And it hurts to watch those that really shove it down. Because like I said, there's, there's a consequence to that. And then compare that to those cultures that really wail and weep. Now that even makes me a little uncomfortable too, because that's so different than how I grew up. And I wonder if sometimes if we would have just done that and just really got it out and just let out that sorrow, if we could have processed things so much better, there might be something to that. We really don't need to be ashamed of our tears or try to repress them. In fact, I knew there was a lot of research behind the benefits of tears, so I looked it up. It said that tears provide emotional release, stress reduction, and pain relief by releasing stress hormones and triggering the release of endorphins. So they enhance your mood, they communicate complex emotions, and they foster social connection through empathy, like I mentioned earlier. They allow for the authentic expression of vulnerability, and Brene Brown talks a lot about vulnerability too, and grief that really help process instead of storing it so that grief doesn't show up as health problems or relational problems down the road. I want to share a quote by President Thomas S. Monson. He said, Never let a problem to be solved become more important than a person to be loved. Friends move away, children grow up, loved ones pass on. It's so easy to take others for granted until that day when they're gone from our lives and we are left with feelings of what if and if only. Now this is generally talking about the death of a loved one, but this can be lost in a variety of ways. 
I can speak to this since I've lost a lot of family members to death as well. And the reason that I created fulfillment therapy was largely because of losing my brother and my dad, which were very significant and close relationships. Through that process, I realized that I don't want others to live with regrets concerning what they lost or have them live small because of their fear that's often created by that refusal or even that inability at times to process those old wounds. Friends, if you're experiencing grief or loss of any kind and you're afraid to grieve or heal or maybe you're afraid to be vulnerable, I promise you that if you lean into that fear and pray for necessary strength and courage, you will be given what you need to get through it. Now, if you don't have what you need, it'll be given to you if you ask for it and if you believe that it will come. Please don't allow grief to harden or even shrink your heart. Learn to open your heart and that might take time. Be gentle with yourself if it takes longer than you'd think or if it looks different than you think. But please do not shove it because there are consequences of shoving those feelings. Please reach out to somebody if you need it, whether that's counseling, whether that's a coach, whether that's a loved one, whatever that looks like. It will be worth it. Just to wrap up, we've explored the many faces of grief. From the transformative power it holds within us to the empathetic connections it forges between people. Remember, your grief journey is uniquely yours and there is no right or wrong way to navigate it. That being said, please don't shove it. Hopefully the insights from Brene Brown... Ellen Wolfelt and Joanne Kakatori, along with spiritual leaders, can give you some guidance on how to approach grief with understanding and greater compassion. Thank you so much for joining us today on Fulfillment Therapy. I hope this episode has shed some light on the intricacies of grief and really offered some solace to those who are walking this path. If you found this episode helpful, please don't hesitate to share it with someone who might benefit. There's so many out there that are silently struggling and they need our support and our love and our tenderness and our empathy. Please remember you are not alone on this journey if this is you. Stay tuned for more insightful discussions in future episodes and until next time, take care and please be gentle with yourself. And if this is more for a loved one, then please cultivate that empathy so that you can help them remember they are not alone. Now, just for a reminder, please sign up for our Costa Rican Women's and Men's Wellness Retreat June 16th through the 22nd, 2024. There are only 11 spots total before people sign up and they're filling quickly, so go ahead and check that out. In the show notes, there's several links to the video that you can see and all the details that you need to know about which excursions, what's included, what can I look forward to, what kind of deal am I getting? All of that will be talked about in those videos. So check that out. It is going to be amazing. This will provide needed restoration and an unforgettable experience that will launch you towards becoming your best 
and most fulfilled self. Grab one of the few spots in this exotic getaway. And sign up for our free 45-day wellness challenge starting the day after Labor Day, so September 5th. By the time you hear this, this might have already aired, I don't know. And it's through October 19th. You can join any time, though. It doesn't have to be September 6th. If you want that full 45 days, you can, but I am making that longer so that if you just want to do 30 days or even 15, you can join at any time. It is the most beneficial, though, the longer that you can go, you'll see greater results. Find us on Facebook at Fulfillment Therapy and Instagram at Fulfillment Therapy as well. Shine boldly and brightly, my friends, and I will see you back here in a few days. Enjoy your week, my friends. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.